This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Patrick Wilson. You're watching Geekscape. This is Jonathan. You're watching Geekscape. And uh, if you're watching live, that was our good friend Patrick Wilson, who gave us a little intro. Uh, I was going through the hard drive, and I found a bunch of old station IDs that we did for Geekscape at different press junkets and things like that. And I said, hey, let's play the Patrick Wilson one to get us started, because he's our friend. And he has this documentary coming out this Friday called Moonfall. Um, it's not a documentary I'm being silly with you this is Geekscape where we're silly and we talk about pop culture this is your first Geekscape we're going to talk movies, video games, comic books all that stuff that is uh, fun and in the now I'm Jonathan, nice to meet you I'll be joined by Katie, my co-host here in a little bit and we have a fantastic episode my friend Jason Inman is here he's got a brand new Kickstarter coming for the second issue of his comic, Super Best Friend he was here for the first Kickstarter which like funded in a few hours like it Listen up. I'm not worried about this guy, this Jason Inman. He's a talented writer. He's a good-looking dude, and he's extremely charismatic. He's going to be fine, and you're going to love him, too, if this is your first time meeting him. Um, But yes, he's got a Kickstarter he's talking about, and he's our guest today. Uh, What else? Oh, Nazis are back. (laughs) That's fun, as if that's any surprise over the last couple of years. We've had Nazis back. Um, Did you all see this? Uh, I'm recording on a Monday. Sunday, Saturday, oh, Saturday, this past weekend, they had a nice Nazi rally in Orlando, Florida on an overpass. They're hanging flags um, that said Vax the Jews and Let's Go Brandon. I think they misspelled Brandon. They left out the D. Nazis aren't necessarily smart, um, but it does lead to a topic we'll be talking about later on this episode. The banning of mouse. Uh, banning books, not necessarily a good idea. I don't know why you would ban anything. Uh, maybe just to bring attention to it to make it number one on Amazon's book list, which is what happened with Mouse. We'll be talking about that. And maybe we'll try and get Jason's book banned to skyrocket it up the lists. Uh, we'll see. We'll find out what the contents of it are. Uh, that'll be fun. Um, all right. Have I covered all the bases? I hope so. Y'all are watching this maybe live on Facebook, Twitch, or YouTube. Go ahead and hit the little subscribe button and you know what would really be awesome and guess what we're the number three film interview podcast in russia as of the recording of this episode that's right they love us um go ahead and subscribe on whatever podcast app you use that really helps us out if you leave a review that would be awesome we're always adding shows to the geekscape network this is awesome we just added this show called um the two dollar late fee podcast they're awesome i'm gonna have them on the show soon and those are great guys but as we're adding shows i just want y'all to remember hey this flagship show we've been here for you for 15 years free of charge so the least you can do is share us with your friends 
the best way to do that is in the podcast app. Help us be number one in Russia. That would be awesome. Uh, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Maybe I don't want that attention. But yeah, make us number one in Russia. Let's see what happens. Maybe Katie will go over there and be our Russian correspondent. But that'll only happen if you hit the share button, share with your friends, subscribe yourself or run a podcast app and write us a five-star review. Now that that business is out of the way, let's get the show started. Geekscapists, welcome to the Geekscape podcast. And like I said before, um, this is pop culture talk. Movies, video games, comic books, TV. What do you think of that last Book of Boba Fett episode? That one lit the internet on fire. We'll talk about it here in a bit. But um, let's talk about this uh, news. Let's see. Uh, we're here in the comments. And Christopher Robinson, well, he comes out of the gate hard. He says the only good Nazi is a dead Nazi. You sound like Indiana Jones. Um, Katie Elsess, or wait a minute, she's my co-host. She says, I love that intro video. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. And Matt Kelly says, as of today, we have another brand new Geekscape podcast on the network called Undiscovered Scripts. This is a really cool one. Y'all are going to want to go to your podcatcher and look this one up. Undiscovered Scripts is where maybe a screenplay, uh, for various reasons, didn't make it to production, but the film in the story should still be heard. What if it was like a radio drama? Well, in podcast form, that is possible. And uh, Undiscovered Scripts is fantastic. We're going to have them on the show here pretty soon. And I'm really happy that we were able to add them to the network. The first episode, which I think is told in four parts over four downloads, go find it on your podcatcher, is called Back to Back to the Future. <laughs> Not Back to the Future, Back to Back to the Future. And it's about a kid who has to go back in time to the set of Back to the Future and make sure that um, Eric Stoltz gets fired and replaced by Michael J. Fox or his parents won't meet and it won't happen. So it's kind of like Back to the Future, but going back to the Back to the Future. You guys get it. It's a funny screenplay. Our friend Nick Scown's roommate wrote it. You've seen Nick on the show many times. Uh, and he wrote this script that is just, is that producible making a movie like that? Uh, well, it makes a damn good podcast and radio drama. So we have it here on the Geekscape Network. It's called Undiscovered Scripts. When you're done with this show, maybe go give it a listen. That'd be awesome. We'll have him here on, on the show here in a bit. Um, Bolt T says, yeah, play the siren. That's a brand new show. So when you all hear the siren, that means Matt Kelly has um, has added a new show to the network. Uh, and Brad Abrams is a good friend of ours who's listening from Australia, or maybe watching it if you're watching this live. He says, the intro is mint. Is that an Australian thing? It's mint. Is that like wizard? <laughs> It's so wizard. I'm kidding. I'm making fun of that Star Wars lingo. Okay, Katie, get in here. Help me out with this. You're the funny <laughs> one. How are things going? Things are going well. Um, actually, speaking of funny, I just found out uh, via TED Talk that humor, uh, like laughing, is basically, mentally speaking, the same effect of having sex, um, having um, something like immensely uh happy happening at the same time and like three other things 
laughing or laughter is part of that part of your brain. It's just like pure euphoria. So, oh. um, you know what? Well, I'm glad I'm out there, Geekscapist, for all the laughs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I figure we're doing a service. If they're not getting one, we might as well provide the other. Mm-hmm. Oh wait. wait! Is that Hold it? On. I'm, no, I you Geekscape like... grew up with us. I'm sure y'all are all. Listen, when we started Geekscape, we, Katie wasn't here. Girls wouldn't talk to us. All this stuff going on. Girls didn't exist we, back then. They didn't exist in the <laughs> early days because the gatekeeping assholes were keeping them out. That being said, 15 years ago when we started Geekscape, all you had was the laughter that we provided. Now, I'm sure y'all are all incredibly socially adept human beings, just like me. Just kidding. Uh, I did listen to the new Geekscape Games episode before this. Uh, that yeah. one that one has a couple. Uh, <laughs> that one has some eye-opening comments from our own Shane O'Hare. I do love him so much. But yes, there's one point where in which he calls himself a socially adept geek. He <laughs> likes to think of himself as such. I love we Shane. All, we all do. Very much. I love Shane. Um, met him when he was stealing hubcaps off my car. Brought him in. Wait. He was my ward for a while. Oh, wait. That's Jason Todd. Um, <laughs> anyway. I was like, wait a minute. That's not the story I've heard. <laughs> no, that's not the story. Uh, but I do love Shane. And holy crap, that episode of Geekscape Games was... That was a doozy for you. Like, it was a doozy. I was like, <laughs> what? Do you mean we haven't hyped the Spider-Man PS4 game? We had Yuri Lowenthal on the show to talk about it. What do you mean we haven't talked about the Miles Morales PS5 game? We Aww. did our own special on it. Like, I can't with these kids. I, can't. I try and educate <laughs> them with Geekscape. I try and make them socially, like, I try and... I, I, You're you, spreading you, you the listen. good word of knowledge and all the geeky fun, but sometimes it's going to miss the mark on some people. Katie, you can lead the horse to water. You can't make it play I fucking want, spider-man on ps i want to take some of them and i want to just push like grab them at the back of the head and push their head into the water and just keep it under there until they drink <laughs> you got to drink uh let me tell you there's one of us who's doing pretty well for himself his name is big yanks daniel campazano he's over there in long island he is always up in the chat room mm-hmm. maybe not tonight because he's got his hands full He's got like a one-year-old at this point. And I got to tell you, every, he's in the East Coast. Every time I wake up in the morning, usually I have a couple DMs from him. We like to talk early in the morning. And it's always about this kid who he's starting to indoctrinate into all the geek stuff. But check out this photo. Um, this hurts my heart. A, here, yeah, no, don't don't be like that. Here's a photo that Big Inks uh, sent me. I woke up to <sighs> this morning. Uh, here we go. It says... If you can see this Geekscape is on the stream, it is a picture of a PS5 uh, case of a game. It's laying on the ground next to like a kid playscape. And it says in, in like a text, this fucker keeps taking my PlayStation games and chews them and steps on them. <laughs> the, the utter disrespect. <laughs> All right. The I fact mean, this that he even something... has a PS5 is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is something we've talked about a lot. Like Heidi and I were like, listen, Jonathan, you have a lot of this geek stuff hanging around. If you if you, you know, get a if kid, kids into yeah. this, they're, it's their stuff now. And you know what? Yeah, that's what a storage unit's for. <laughs> Put the kid in the storage unit. Perfect. Yeah, no notes. Yeah, absolutely that's, that's perfect. No notes. <laughs> but I sent that to Katie, and Katie's like, "Oh boy." I look. I am widely known as not particularly fond of having kids. I it's not in my cards. I don't think I I don't want it. I, I know I don't want it. I don't think uh, anybody trying to encourage me otherwise is going to do anything other than go over the same conversation over and over again. And I think those moments where I see that it just confirms 
I'm okay without kids. I will take care of other people around me. I don't need kids. <laughs> Great. Well, I'm sending my kids one day to Katie. No, nope. here's Aunt Katie. Yeah, for uh, a day, you know, and chew, then I get to peace. Chew on out. whatever the hell you want. <laughs> Put a saddle on that cat and ride it around. Whatever the hell you want, you <laughs> kids. You're Katie's problem now. <laughs> hey, Uncle Mark. Hey, Aunt Katie. Uh, okay, that's enough. <laughs> I'm not sending them to Katie. I'm gonna first. I'm gonna send them to, the, to Aunt and Uncle Jason and Ashley. They're regular guests. Here's Jason Inman. Jason, are you okay taking hey, care of my kids for a day? No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm busy writing an iTunes review for Geekscape. Hold on a second. Um, this is actually going to be on the site. I'm just going to say, Jon- okay. Jonathan has a silky smooth voice. Anyone mm. that promotes the punching of Nazis is the best. Listen to this podcast. And he had Patrick Wilson on the show. Ocean Master. Yeah, boy. So much you, wetness. My guy. Hashtag bring my- a wetsuit. <laughs> I'm telling you, Night Owl. That's a real review. My boy, Ni- my boy, Night Owl. Is that right? Yeah, Night and, Owl. Uh, and, and uh, Mr. Ocean Night- Master. Mr. Hard Candy. Remember mm-hmm. that movie? Uh, but no, I yes. will not. I will not babysit your kids. No. Yeah. Hey, dude, do you want to go see Moonfall this weekend with me? That documentary Moonfall, where <laughs> the moon falls into the Earth. Yeah, yeah. It's a Roland Emmerich documentary where the space scientists have to go and keep the moon from falling into Ooh. the uh, the Earth. You know this one? The poster uh, is terrifying. There's a billboard actually pretty close to my house of it, and uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, you enjoy that one. You have fun with that one. I, I'll tell you what. I went on YouTube and they had the first five minutes of Moonfall up, and I watched it. It's kind of tight. Does it fall? No, but Patrick Wilson's like a like a like a spaceman working on the Endeavor kind of ship. He's working up there on a ship fixing like a I don't know. He's fixing like a solar panel or mm-hmm. something, and then stuff starts hitting while he's out there on his moonwalk with his buddy. And his buddy don't make it. I'll just spoil that Whoa, one. Whoa, hey now. But, okay. but he but it is it is it is straight up Roland Emmerich action like <laughs> you love. Um, and man, where's movie pass when you need it? Cause this one would have been prime for the movie pass. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, a matinee movie that you this don't want to This is a matinee movie. For. And, uh, and Patrick Wilson survives because he's the hero of the movie, but sure. he survives the first five minutes and he looks at the moon and there's like stuff spewing out of the moon. Cause the moon is about to moon fall. Mm. And I was like, wow, this looks tight. Um, Do you, does he have a lasso when he just like, he's like, all right, I know my mission. I don't. I don't know what's happening with the moonfall. I have to the watch moon's the falling. movie. That's what's happening. I got to tell you, is though, that a, they was did that their... a, It's a Wonderful Life reference. No, no. where he's like, he's like, I'm going to lasso the moon, Mary. Oh my Mar- gosh, that was, I, that was such an unintentional Jimmy Stewart reference. But yes, I, yes, now, and I feel like Patrick Wilson could play a Jimmy Stewart esque type person. Sure, yeah, like he could. Patrick Wilson, I think yeah. so. I like Patrick Wilson. Yeah, Patrick Wilson should just be in all the movies. Yeah. He should be in most of them. Yeah, I think all of them. I think it should be a stipulation of Hollywood think... that Patrick Wilson is in all your movies. Yeah. He's no. a Thelma and Louise Jesse... re- remake. He can pick either Thelma or Louise. Is that what you're saying? I think he can play both no. at the same time. Okay. We have the, the technology. <laughs> Jason, if he was a Marvel character, who would you cast him as? Oh, Patrick Wilson? Yeah. Oh, you know, this character's already cast, but he would have been a perfect, like, 30s to 40s-ish Hank Pym. Yeah. No, he totally would have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't you know, know who about... I wanted to have. Now I don't know. 30s, as a, a okay, let's say they do this. Let's say they made this these these Ant Man movies with Hank Pym in the this is this is my Hank Pym. Hank Pym. I don't think I've ever told you this, Jason. Sure. Um, this was going to be late nineties Hank Pym. It would have been Greg Kinnear. Oh, that's a good oh, choice. That's, yeah, a, good that's choice. a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Oscar nominated yep. Greg. Greg Kinnear. Kinnear is an actor that a lot of people sleep on. He's great. Yeah, really. Just saying. Yep. Yeah. 
He yeah. should be in every movie. And he used to host, um, didn't he host Talk that? Soup. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, he used to host Talk Soup, but he used- And later? What was that? Later. Later was like a late yes, night show after that's the show. Was, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like the one that Carson Daly took over. I'll tell you what, in uh, in Bob Costas after him, I'll tell you yeah. what, Geekscape is, uh, you wouldn't be watching no Geekscape if it wasn't for Greg Kinnear. We've talked about this on Geekscape. Wow. We've talked about this. Um, okay. He was a big influence, which is so random. Uh, but Bolt T has a good suggestion. He says, you know what, Patrick, since it looks like they're going Secret Wars sooner or later in the Marvel Universe, uh, it says pa- Patrick Wilson could be Molecule Man. It's not a bad Ooh. choice. Not a bad choice. Patrick Wilson um, as Molecule Man, that would that throw him in the villain category, but I think he'd be good. He can do whatever. I'll throw, I'll throw you out yeah. another one. Patrick Wilson, okay. if they do this, and I don't want this character in the MCU, but if they do the Sentry, Patrick Wilson. Yes. Me. Yes. Uh, this is going to be We're one going deep cut, Katie. Yeah, you're going to have yeah. to educate yeah. me on this one. Uh, Who's the Sentry? The Sentry oh, is a Marvel <laughs> character that should have only appeared in one story, but people keep bringing him back. <laughs> he, I don't see why. <laughs> damn you, Bendis. Yeah, he... <laughs> He is basically Marvel Superman. Okay. He okay. has the Even cape. though that should actually be okay. the one who's on the but, Squadron Supreme. But the reason the reason the reason why I made that comment, Katie, is that the first story the Sentry ever appeared, uh-huh. Marvel Marketing and the story were trying to sell the readers on this whole thing that they were like, oh, this is a character from the 1960s Marvel that Marvel just forgot. Stan forgot about it. We all forgot about it. We and found it in a file cabinet. We found it and in a file cabinet. That was the story cabinet, we went with. We and, found and, this and we're in a file cabinet. cabinet. Great marketing. And then at the end of the story, you found out, nope, they lied to us the entire time. And the idea is that the sentry is also his own worst enemy. Like he has a duplicate that is the worst. Called su- the Void. Yeah, called the Void. And if he yeah. if he knows he's the world's greatest superhero, then the Void knows that he's the world's greatest supervillain. And the Void screws and a lot of stuff up. So it's better to make huh. the sentry forget who he is uh-huh. than have him be the sentry. So like they want to have like the Illuminati, let's yeah. say in the Marvel yeah. universe, like, like let's say like professor X, who's a, yeah. you know, yeah. he can mess with your mind. They, he would like force the sentry to forget. Yeah. So that the void whose powers as a villain are equal to the sentries as a as a hero. Okay. The, so the void disappears. Yeah, so, so they the void would, would basically powerless. force amnesia yeah. on this guy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But then, but, but then he then he starts to get his yeah. memory back, and of course, when he starts getting his memory back, he's like, "What did somebody do to me?" And he's super pissed. Yeah. And then he becomes and that the doesn't void. help. It, nothing. Nothing helps. He's not a character that. I mean, I think Paul Jenkins wrote that. It first. was Paul Jenkins. He's only it cool. Would, First he was only good in those first, first five issues. Really interesting. But then every writer since then is like, you know what? Who should be on the Avengers? The Sentry. <laughs> and he's just like, it was like, it's like a cat. It's like a Captain Marvel. Like he has yeah. to disappear. Like you have to have a reason for him to not be in the fight or he right. just ends the fight. Right, it was like, he's the most why was so why the, powerful. He's so yeah, powerful. Why did yeah. Thor disappear in the middle yeah. of Civil War? It's like, <laughs> oh, his, if, if Thor is at him. the tarmac, it ends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like he ends the fight. Um, and the sentry is a lot like that too. The, yeah. the sentry would would punch a hole through Thanos and be like, "I got this glove. <laughs> Anybody Y'all want it? Need it? Yeah." <laughs> he basically but, would just I mean, rip off also, Thanos's arm, and the fight's over. <laughs> but that also brings up like the idea that, that Marvel does have the Squadron Supreme, which is the Marvel Hyperion. JLA. In that, in Hyperion is yeah the that same character kind of char- same character, but Squadron Supreme is such. Uh, they're so, I mean, re- more so recently have been like they're such bootlickers. Mm. that they're almost they're almost like they're almost 
like assholes uh, in the Marvel universe. And we did have like a pretty good, I thought it was a pretty good Avengers storyline where the actual Avengers with T'Challa and Captain America and Iron Man and uh, Captain Marvel. So like, like that had to go up against Squadron Supreme in a world that the oh. Squadron Supreme controlled and you were in, in the, in the Marvel characters didn't remember who they were. They were forced there. Oh wow. And they were like, and they were separated. Right. And blade starts remembering and he has to get the Avengers together to be like, Hey, this world ruled by the squadron Supreme. This isn't right. We got to correct this and figure this all out and reset the planet. And that was an okay storyline. The Avengers has been kind of an up and down book recently, but also read it. Cause it's a great way to get all of your Marvel bang in one book. Fuck. Um, <laughs> speaking of books that are fun to read, um, Katie's never read mouse. And if it's up to the education board over in Illinois, she's not going to read mouse because they're trying to ban it. <laughs> what the Just, F? And, and as if it wasn't like hitting something on the head, it's literally about Nazis. There, well, it's, it's the concentration camps. Yes. The cats send mouse mice to the concentration camps. And it is the most beautiful book. Mm-hmm. I think both of those are incredible. They're they're top five books. The first uh, to me, they're top five graphic to novels ever win a Pulitzer Prize. Wow! It's the first comic book banned, to, and they want it banned. Yeah. That, so it, as soon, as, soon yeah. as I heard about this, I <laughs> I called up my local comic book store and I was like, "Do you guys have this in stock?" And they were like, "No, we've actually sold out since the good, news good. hit." And I'm like, "Good, <laughs> okay, great." Like, I'm that that was my main point of that. That and also I was like, "Oh, how have I never like?" It felt like vaguely familiar, but as Jonathan has discovered slowly, uh, my childhood was like a mix of just like expectation shattered, um, and like I never got into comics or anything because it wasn't really available and like. You know, I had, as I told Jonathan earlier today, I had Jesus comics, um, but I didn't like really get into like all those until I was like later in life into like actual comic books until later in life. And I was like, oh, this is like a really cool way to see these um, play out. <sighs> yeah, but I we're didn't de- get... We're deprogramming, Katie. We are, we are. That's, what, that's the purpose of Geekscape. Learning a lot, learning a lot. But yes, <laughs> no, it's it's great being an adult and like having your own income to be like, oh, there's a comic book store around the corner. I'm going to spend a lot of money here. Um, but yeah, no, the, 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 the story seems so fascinating to me, the way it's told, like the images, everything looks great. And I'm so ready. I'm just bummed. I don't have access to it yet. <laughs> you will. I mean, this beautiful. is a book that won't be banned. It's yeah. a beautiful I mean, book. I'm sorry, but this, it's the United States of America. Like, this book is not going to be banned. There will be like there will be a, a civil war before the, these did, kind of books are banned. Why did they think that they were really going to do this? Like, how, how did they think well, this Well, so- you can have a hard conversation about the Holocaust existing. Yeah. Like, these people, listen, kids aren't trying to ban these books. It's a bunch of old people <laughs> who don't want to have, like, they're trying, they're erasing history so they can repeat history is basically what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you erase history so you can repeat history. Yeah. And, and like I was saying in the intro, like you got a bunch of people doing Nazi rallies already in Orlando. They're doing a damn good fine job of erasing history so people can repeat history. They don't want to have tough conversations about, oh, yeah, um, some people we were related to and kind of look like put a bunch of people in concentration camps or kept them out of schools or kept them out of voting or threw Molotovs into their windows or put crosses up on their lawns mm-hmm. and lit them on fire. They don't want to have those conversations. They also don't want to have conversations about guns, but <laughs> whatever. It, it's psychotic. I was going to say, I looked up specifically because I, at this point, I knew we were going to talk about this. I didn't know what specifically they said were the issues. 
So here are the actual reasons they're stating why they're banning this book. And they are oh, still ridiculous. It. It's because there are eight curse words and the imagery of a nude woman in the book. That's the reason why. Eight no. curse words and a nude woman. The woman's a mouse. Yeah, I know. No, like you can't. Does she have, does she have like eight mouse. nipples? So it's like she's got like four bras. She's <laughs> just like I don't each frame remember. is one bra coming off. No, it's, it's a, a it's a humanoid. Yeah. It's a humanoid yeah, yeah. mouse. But, oh, um, okay. But for twelve year old Jonathan, like she had some bazongas. No, it, it, no, you can't. I, I like even twelve year old Jonathan who was like like pining for that kind of stuff. It's the imagery of a concentration camp, and yeah. it is a yeah. It is the a metaphor for a Jewish person being stripped naked before they're put into a work camp or gas chamber like this is such a beautiful book and that's and... what i find interesting when you have imagery like that which i'm guessing is like an emaciated mouse or something it first was. of all it's a it's a mouse uh showing titties but like the context of it is not at all sexual so what is it exactly it that wasn't. we're saying is that we're banning this because because just the naked body is now sexual like while they're in a concentration camp like there's some like weird thought process behind this in my mind it's all about part of this what's it called the 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 history what do they call it what's the tagline for teaching history now is like this is critical race theory like it's all Um, part of those like we're just gonna avoid tough conversations with our kids it's it's not critical race theory it's it's erasing history right and i mean it's insane uh i had lunch earlier last week with someone who is who had working on an option for a series for so for something for a book mm. that another former geekscape guest judd winnick made called pedro and me mm. and Great trying book. to bring it it's a fantastic book mm-hmm. but it is about aids and it is about pedro yeah. zamora dying of aids and judd winnick who shared the house with him in real world san francisco had to witness his friend dying of aids and he's a cartoonist he wrote green lantern for a long time he still puts out a book called Hilo. Uh, that's for young readers. And he made this beautiful book called Pedro and me. And those stories need to be shared. People need to know about this. And, and I hope it makes it to another medium. I hope these contracts work out and we see Pedro and me get a new life as a TV show or a movie. I don't know, but um, just like, you know, those are the kind of books they want to ban to be like, Oh yeah, no, this is other, some, somebody else's problems. And we're not going to talk about this because we want to repeat it. And why under the guise of like language or like indecency, why not just outright say it? Like call yourself a Nazi. Yeah. Why not? (laughs) Why not just why not just claim it? Like there's so many people on Facebook already doing that for us. But like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Because if I do, then Indiana Jones won't like me, and I like watching (laughs) Indiana Jones. And I'm gonna go see Indiana Jones five six or seven times in theaters, and I I can't have Indiana Jones not like me. There's language, are we the baddies? Am I the bad guy? That's what, I, that's what I hope all these people in Florida, like the next time they flip on whatever streaming service Indiana Jones is on, and they're like, oh, Indiana Jones doesn't like me? What? <laughs> no, Why? Indiana Jones thinks you're an asshole. Yeah, Indiana Jones would <laughs> you, shoot you. <laughs> you have not chosen wisely. And, you know, I know that the, that the, the Punisher is problematic. Yeah, I know that the imagery behind the public Punisher skull has now been co-opted by hate groups and stuff like that. And, right. Um, sure. Figure it out because the Punisher absolutely would be going after these people who are co-opting his image. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I agree. Putting them 
it, it, like figure it out. I think that those vigilante characters are still like, oh wait, the Punisher doesn't like me. Oh, I'm wearing his T-shirt at the rally. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, the Punisher would absolutely hate you. I think you suck. Um. So yeah, Katie, let's let's get you a copy of Mouse. Yeah. It's I'll fantastic. Get it. I think that, I'm that's required list. reading. That really is required reading yeah. for everybody. And I love that you're trying to support your local comic shop. Did you see what that one? Um, did you see that with that one here's a here's a copy of mouse for those of you geekscapists who are watching this live if you don't know it um mouse is here's the cover of the book right there um really not subtle the, about the imagery <laughs> no not, not subtle at all it so is literally like, we know why you're mice in this. a concentration camp and there's a second book and i think the second book's fantastic and it looks like the complete mouse is available that you can get both um first and second books right there um what this one um what this one bookstore though did was like you know what screw it if these things are hitting the number one bestsellers and um this is working out i'm gonna put all the banned books that have ever been banned in the u.s on one uh on one table and there was a you found this on facebook katie with this image here are all the books that have been banned in u.s history and at one point like a light in the attic which are like crazy it's a shell silverstein yeah no it's a shell the lorax the lorax was was banned do you know do you know i had to look this up the flies the kite runner because because a light in the attic by shell silverstein is like the front image it's like the one that you can make out the clearest also the lorax um but i had to look this up to figure out i was like why would you ban shell silverstein this is insane and it was because of violent thoughts and I was like, <laughs> then you're gonna ban in Florida, in Florida, of yeah. places yeah. which is yeah. iconic for Florida man yeah. does whatever. Maybe he should have picked up Shel Silverstein's "A Light in the Attic" and find yeah. a different way to express themselves. Have you? Have the two of you also heard about the GoFundMe for Mouse? Ooh, no. Talk to me. Okay, so I'm gonna drop this link, Jonathan, in the private chat. Um, okay. I found out about this a couple hours before the project. Nirvana Comics in Knoxville, Tennessee, uh-huh. the state that's trying to ban it, went to GoFundMe to raise money. Oh, it was Tennessee, not Illinois. Uh, excuse yeah. me, excuse me. Um, okay. They they went to GoFundMe to raise money to send copies of Mouse to students, uh, and they originally were going to go buy a thousand copies. Um, they asked for twenty grand. They are currently at $88,000 to buy copies of Mouse to send to the state. Okay, let me me share this. I'm so into this. What a cool comic book. Like Nirvana Comics in Tennessee, you rock. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and I I can't wait to see like, th- and that's what I like. I like this like idea of like, okay, if your school's <laughs> going to ban this, if your state's going to ban this, let's make this widely and almost freely available <laughs> for yeah. this sector of population because it's like there might be a reason why they're trying to ban this. <laughs> you know what? Maybe that's how we got into number three um, film interview podcasts in Russia was because somebody out there is like this, this Jonathan guy. No, 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 no. We don't like <laughs> what he's saying. Uh, we don't like the super action man. And uh, we gotta, we gotta do something about him. And let's try and get Jason's book banned. Jason, are you all right with us trying to get your book banned? Uh, go this for one it. You're on I mean, here bar- talking about. Barely anybody reads it as it is. So go for it. Oh, <laughs> let's rude. let's ban this book. Okay, let's see. Please, Geeks gave us. We're talking. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say I, there wait. is an electric Superman type character in it, so maybe it should be banned. 
Oh, okay. Or at least cease and desisted. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Bolte says, I learned on Geekscape the okay hand gesture is now a no-no. That's right. Yeah, you and I keep okay using thing. it, and I'm like... Oh, my God. No, I because I'm just like, every time I say no notes or like, it's perfect, I like do a chef's kiss type of like, yeah, it's perfect. Or I guess a doobie. That's really a doobie. Well, Katie, just uh, don't make, uh, Jonathan... Don't do it upside down. Yeah. Don't do the upside down oh, but, uh, okay that... symbol. Because that's the one that spells out the WP for white power. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. Like the three, the three digits over here, mm. and then the O from the ring. You put it upside down, and with your arm, it's a WP for white power. That's how the OK symbol turned into white power. That's so you'd see these is. assholes in photos with this, you know, that have it by their leg upside down. You think they're playing the the game where, like, if you look at the ring, they punch each other in the arm. It's not that game. No, that's the thing. It's if they look at the ring, they nod you, they nod at you, and go, "Yeah, it's lynch time." Like they're assholes. My my new campaign, or at least my campaign for a last couple of years, is make the upside down OK sign the asshole sign again, where it's like, oh, you looked at the anus. That and it then you would the asshole sign. It is the white power I mean, asshole sign. Can I, can yeah. I ask? Can I ask the two? Uh, Bolte said um, today I learned the same about the Punisher logo. So yeah, we're doing our, our listen. What what are the tenets of, of what we try and do here at Geekscape? Educate, entertain, inspire. So let's cross a couple of those off. Can I ask right the now. two of you? Why do you think? Um, you know, I have no problem. Again, like you know, if you passionately believe in something, mm. you know, go for it. Whatever. That is one of the beautiful things about our country, but. I don't know why these groups that are all about promoting and supporting just the things that, you know, a hundred percent of the population is like, no, no, no. You know, it would be, it would be like child murderers being out there being like, but we want to murder children. And you're like, whoa, Hey, 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 whoa, whoa. But anyways, why are, why is all their branding terrible? Like let's go Brandon. And then the okay sign. You're like, look, there are better, do some more pitches. There are better, there are better (laughs) symbols. It's all lame. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I think for the same reason that they fall, I mean, I'm just going to take a gander at this. I think uh, for the same reason they fall into that kind of garbage double speak in the first place okay. is they don't have access to the education. They don't have access to the to widening their minds to different ideas and their minds. Yeah, no, they, they they can see to the extent of becoming obstructionists. Yeah, you know, and I mean, this is a this is a group that became obstructionists in the 19 in the 2016 election this is they didn't have any options i mean no nobody's given solutions nobody's been like oh yeah here's that health care plan i promise you nobody's shown that like where the there's there's, there was never a health care plan it was promised but there never was one it's just obstructionism it's we don't care if we win we just don't want we don't care if we lose we just don't want you to win yeah and it's just obstruction there's nothing actually substantial there beyond we just don't want you to win yeah. and that kind of tribalism doesn't need messaging the messaging is we're not you yeah. the messaging is you lose nobody's winning it's just you lose right. and that's the scary thing about it is there's a simplicity to that kind of let's go brandon tribalism because it doesn't have to stand for anything except you, you like shutting you down yeah I think it's especially not, it's when like, it's we're easily repeated, you. Yeah. like it, it, it's the same thing as like the the catchphrases, the you know the the MAGA stuff, like the, the, the sloganism the, is what the yeah, sloganism. It's yeah, it's it's short. You can remember it more than you can remember bylaws or just history in general. Um, you know why 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 do deal with all that shit? Right? Why why think further than a phrase in a way? I did my own research. It's <laughs> on this bumper sticker. <laughs> 
My favorite. There's, <laughs> Fuck. There was someone in the medical community that was posting on TikTok that was like, okay, um, if you are part of the medical community, has spent probably 10 years defending your thesis, then you did your research otherwise. Yeah. Uh, and then it's been t- tried and tested and questioned several times over to the point of like your madness. That's when you've done your research, <laughs> not when you've just quoted a BuzzFeed article. You mean I'm not supposed to listen to scientific opinions from the guy that I went to high school with who thinks Olive Garden is the best restaurant in town? You know, it's shocking. Nothing against mm. Olive Garden. Free bread. I'll tell you what. Yeah, and or Matt Kelly loves Spaghetti Warehouse. <laughs> well, have we said the Spaghetti Warehouse, Matt Kelly story on the Spaghetti Podcast? Factory? Probably, seven, probably 17 times. There's, well, there's two. There is a Spaghetti Warehouse and there is a Spaghetti Factory. Uh, whatever it is. Yeah. There's it's, a warehouse? Matt, Matt begged us to go there at Comic-Con 2019 over and over again. Was like, And then he shows up and he eats like, you uh, don't uh, have bread spaghetti. Stick. What? Yeah, he's like, we're like, what? <laughs> you forced all of us to eat at this subpar restaurant and you didn't even have spaghetti. I was waiting for you all to right. say the restaurant mm. was like, sir, we're going to have to cut you off. That's enough noodles. <laughs> oh, I wish. I, all I wanted was for Matt to partake in the spaghetti. It, it seemed so important to him as he was pining for it from Tuesday through Thursday to Saturday and then Sunday evening. We're like, okay, Matt, like you've been a great sport. Like you manned the booth all these days. Like let's reward you. He shows up and he's like, eh. He ate chicken Alfredo. He ate it or he hates it? He, he, oh, Matt, Matt in the comments said, I, I ate chicken Alfredo. I can understand okay. that he now hates it because we bullied him so much for these choices. Got it. <laughs> that being said, I, I did get an email today that um, we are coming back to Comic-Con San Diego this summer. And uh, I think Friday we're exhibitors like ourselves are looking at hotel rooms so we'll, we'll see what happens uh matt kelly's back and he says you guys made a big deal that i didn't order specifically spaghetti but a different pasta and for three years you've made it sound like i ordered a fucking steak <laughs> i wish you would also have. i, w- I yeah. would not the good news is steak from those places. <laughs> the good news is after 15 years we found the thing that riles matt up and really gets his goat spaghetti factory <laughs> <laughs> jokes that are three years old <laughs> don't be smirch my spaghetti factory uh we love you matt uh you can hear matt on half the shows on the podcast network um we love matt he's great uh okay that's enough we got a book to promote and that book is jason edmund's super best friend issue two but i'm going to share a little link with y'all that's the uh, link to the Kickstarter. I got it right here. Let me make sure everything's You can get up. issue one on this Kickstarter. Hey, great. Okay. okay, so this is Super Best Friend. Nice. Uh, we all read the first issue. Uh, he's got incentives for this one. Geeks gave us the link. Let me just throw that up if you're watching it on the chat. The link to be a friend to Jason and support this is follow the Kickstarter. Superbestfriendcomic.com. If you're listening to this and you just go to superbestfriendcomic.com, uh, you'll have all the information you need. But yeah, the Super Best Friend is back. Um, Jason, correct me if I'm wrong, but you had an idea for a Superman story. You knew that DC would probably never let you write the Superman story. So you're like, F it. I'm making my Superman story with a my version well of i Superman. i will throw this i actually pitched this story to dc nice and they said no <laughs> <laughs> not so nice uh, well they they say, they say at least they saved you the time of like being like well can i get a meeting like maybe down the road we can do this they're like no go away kid yeah uh so i decided yeah to do the thing like you, jonathan you and i talk about all the time where why wait for somebody to give you permission tell the stories you want to tell yeah. so 
I did the Alan Moore thing. I scraped all the names off of it and made my old characters. And I think the story is much stronger about it. And it's basically Maddie Moore, who is a stand in for Jimmy Olsen, um, who's best friends with the world's greatest superhero called Captain Terrific, who has a very Silver Age style. And Maddie live streams all of his best friends adventures onto the internet like where if i think of superheroes existed in the real world um they would be the most watched things like video games are today we would watch superhero videos of you know captain terrific punching amarok the wolf and lady samurai uh helping out and doing other things like that and in the first issue maddie accidentally live streamed his best friend's secret identity onto the entire internet so the entire internet knows that his best friend, Captain Terrific, is is Calvin Coleman. And this issue too, we you know we were on the surface of the superhero world, and now Maddie is neck deep in the superhero world, trying to fix his friend's relationship and also figure out some way that he can repair his best friend's life. And this is going to lead him down into, um, you know, supervillains are going to attack him. Uh, there are cybernetic clones. There are electric doppelgangers. And then even the United States Army uh, decides to chase the two of these friends because they're like, hey, Calvin Coleman, a.k.a. you know, a Superman like being you. Yeah. You're an American citizen. You're drafted. Mm, yeah, mm. we need a weapon like yep, you. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so yeah. it's all of these factors and Maddie just trying to survive. And I always say uh, this was the catchphrase of the. The first campaign is definitely the catchphrase of this one is, um, you know, it's 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 a story of watching a sidekick become a superhero Um, Hmm. because Maddie is very much like he's a fan of this world, but he doesn't think he brings any value to this world. Mm -hmm. And this story is teaching him that he has lots of value to bring and lots of things because he knows all of these superheroes. He knows all of these supervillains. So when you put that sort of together, you can kind of think about, well, Oh, this sidekick might actually know how to take down all of these supervillains and these superheroes. He might know all their weaknesses, all these strengths, how to team them up um, because he's paid attention to them in ways that other people haven't. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to Kickstarter with this because I love that you can tell any story story on Kickstarter. I love when I see the same names come through on Kickstarter um, and I always try to bring a lot of fun uh, to the campaign. Like I try to do crazy fun stuff. And um, the first campaign was all about getting a foil cover because that's the 90s. That's very, you know, this issue, I was very much like, you know what? I love Death of Superman where there's a cyborg Superman. And I love Electric Superman where there's an electric Mm -hmm. Superman. So I made Cyborg Terrific and I made Cyborg Electric, uh, Captain Electric Terrific. Um, Right. I actually called him Terrific Red, and I called him Cyborg Terrific. So, now, um, yeah. The person who wrote those original comics, or at least it was Dan Jurgens. Yes. He was involved in the original Death of Superman. Um, you have a picture. Is he doing one of your covers? Uh, that is correct, sir. Uh, again, like chasing down the fun and everything like that, I reached out to Dan Jurgens, the man who got me to read comic books, the man who drew Death of Superman, and I said, hey, would you do a variant cover? for super best friend and he said yes now Aww. now we can't we can't reveal it here because it's been promised no. to another site but i will That's tell fine. you we, we, you are no longer our super best friend oh, thank you for that well, maybe when we reach into like the top 20 of visual podcasts maybe that's when no. yeah. jason will come out i only 
I only I promised this reveal to the number one film podcast in Russia, and you're only number three, Jonathan. <laughs> yep. Katie, we're shipping you out. Yep. You gotta get Sign over me there. up, folks. I know a couple words in Russian. Uh... <laughs> Bolt T wants to know: Is there an NFT in the Kickstarter reward? No. <laughs> you know what? The, bo- the bots have already scoured your Kickstarter site. There are now. I you're about to get a cease and desist I, I from barely, some marketplace. I barely understand NFTs, so no, no. But oh, they're fucked, man. They're fucked up. But there are non-fungible cool... transit. Go ahead. Yeah, there you go. There are cool things on this campaign. Um, I always love to do cameos where you can get drawn into the comic book. I'm doing script reviews where I will, um, you know, give you t- uh, notes and tips on your scripts. There are Zoom calls with me. And also, one of the funnest things is, as you saw in some of the artwork, there are little chat boxes on there where people watch the videos. Uh, and one of the tiers is that your name can cool. be um, in the, the chat. The chat like, you can complain about Maddie or Captain Terrific in one of the chat boxes. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and defend myself because Bolt T's keeps come back with the hashtag boomer alert. Let's just be clear. Um, when somebody like Mike Mignola is getting ripped off from people selling Hellboy M- NFTs and he has nothing to do with them, that's not boomer alert. That is someone protecting their intellectual property. That's true. That a bot has gone out and scanned his artwork and his intellectual property into a marketplace as an NFT and started to make money off of it and sell it that Mac Mignola gets none of. So this whole garbage that NFTs are supposed to help artists has done the exact opposite because now artists can't put this stuff up on their marketplaces to sell or else some bot scans it into an NFT. And the next thing is they get some cease and desist from some marketplace somewhere selling NFTs that are like, hey, this is a registered marketplace NFT. What's this artwork doing on your website? Well, I fucking made it, asshole. <laughs> and then you got to go through the rigmarole of getting the damn thing taken down. They're not going to do that. So the same thing happened you know, to Liam Sharp as well. Oh wow! Every yeah. all these artists mm-hmm. can't even put up commissions anymore because these bots are, you know, are going and turning these damn things into NFTs, and you can't even make money off a of commission. So the only place artists can now make money is at conventions mm-hmm. in person. So it's actually hurt artists more than anything. And so I take your boomer alert and I say, no, nah, just educate yourself. I'm not a boomer. I'm Generation X. So I don't give a fuck about what you say. <laughs> well, I mean, they're, they're, I mean it's a joke. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah, I mean, but the crypto thing is a joke. You know, I mean, it's the same thing happens when one of these cryptos start cr- crashing and it's like, oh, I can't get my, I can't access my Robinhood account or whatever. it's like, yeah, no shit because it's a fucking scam and they don't want you taking your money out. It's the same reason like you're pumping up the NFTs because it's a scam and when you try and get their money out, it's not going to happen because the people at the top are laughing at you because they sold you a pog. You <laughs> dunce. <laughs> All right. I wonder how Maybe you feel you about NFTs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's it's so stupid. It, like, I will say this. So dumb. Speaking of pogs, speaking of pogs, that Did might be up? a stretch reward. Ooh, how fun. You see how we That's tied it all awesome. in? You see how I did the research, yep. Katie, and I yep. tied it all together? I did the research. <laughs> I did 15 the re- years did I've had research? these people question me. <laughs> uh, superbestfriendcomic.com, Geekscape, is where you can find all that information. And I hope, I, you know what? Well, T, good luck selling your NFTs. <laughs> I got a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Let's just uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, Jason, when, uh, mm-hmm. when did you first start making this comic? 
I actually first started making this comic um, in 2019. Oh, wow. Um, the first the first issue. Yeah, it's been a long yeah. time. Uh, and basically it was because um, the artist that you're seeing on screen right now is the main series artist is George Cambodias, who drew like the black ghost for Amazon. And he's drawing nice. the new John Carter. Oh, he's drawing a series called Buckhead for Boom right now. Hey, and that's um, awesome. and uh, he put up on Twitter. Hey, I don't have any work. Anybody want to hire me? Shit. And no I'd loved him for years. So I shot him a message and said, hey, I got this idea of Super Best Friend, blah, 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 blah. I'd never done it. And he was just like, yeah, send me the script. And I uh, I just, you know, uh, quickly typed out a script and boom, we we started the ball rolling. Um, and, and that's the fun thing about this is that like um, the issue two campaign is not paying for issue two, the production. It's paying for the production of issue three, the finale. So I always mm-hmm. roll them forward. Issue two is like, it's five pages away from being completely done as, as of today. Okay. Um, so uh, it's because George has a lovely say, life and he's writing like, two other books. <laughs> 2019 is really, it's truly not that long ago, especially for this kind of a project and like completing it's, all this. So I I find that insanely impressive. Because oh, um, I mean, how many times have we had, you know, friends or co-hosts or anything that like have like these ideas and like write the scripts and then toil over it for years and then don't get it but like well done on just like starting the ball rolling and just saying yes and continuing the process that's yeah yeah yeah. i I always like to do a kickstarter once every year um and as jonathan can tell you kickstarters are hard yes they are no i I know it yeah just just like but just like everything. I hate them almost as much as NFTs. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, making movies, <laughs> but, but, but yeah. just like NFTs, you're playing with other people's money. That's right. So. That's right. But I actually deliver. But the book. you get something in the end. Yeah, you, you get actually will get end. a book. I have. I, I will say that right JPEG. now. I have. I have never. You like this JPEG? <laughs> I have actually emailed like JPEGs as digital rewards, but not NFTs. So you're the only person who has this picture of an ape with a beanie on it. You like it? <laughs> <laughs> I have a a friend who's in finance and has to explain NFTs to his wife because that's part of his because he's part of like a like he's a tax accountant. Do you think this will bump you up in Russia or bump you down in Russia? I'm just I'm just curious. I think it's I think it's really going to light us on fire. Okay, Uh, cool. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Katie. I didn't mean to. (laughs) No, absolutely not. No, I'm just like I can't even imagine truly understanding NFTs, but then also having to be a tax auditor (laughs) to, to like learn this, and then on top of tax it. Mm, I can't. It's just my brain hurts. <laughs> it's protected by a chain, and blockchain. Um, you're mm-hmm. in, you are in yeah, the line, and you can mm-hmm. tell you can tell other people that you have a place in line, in the chain. If you pay more, you get further up the line. Oh, what it's worth? What accent is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a weasel. I think it's just weaselly, dude. He's like, Ugh. he opens up a trench coat. You also want these? <laughs> In communist Russia, <laughs> NFT owns you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Jason Inman's Yakov Smirnov is out of the park. <laughs> Amazing. Um, are there uh, any other projects kind of you have in mind after the finale of the series? Uh, well, I'm hoping I'm hoping to take Super Best Friend to a publisher. Um, nice. I wanted to take it to Kickstarter first because I kind of wanted to do whatever I wanted with it. I didn't mm-hmm. want a publisher to tell me, no, you got to write it this way or you got to do this way. I was like, no, I want to do it this way and I don't care. I want to do some ho- hollow covers. I wanted Electric Superman in there. It's going to happen and I don't yeah. care. Um, 
uh, I'm working on another project with an artist um, that is sort of a um, cowboy. The cow, I would call it the cowboy bebop of climate change. Oh, but yes, I'm here for it. That's cool. Uh-huh. I'm bummed that the show got canceled, so I need some more. <laughs> yeah, and then oh, you should sign Shane's petition. I know, right? No. Oh. <laughs> Uh, but other than that, no, not really. I mean, everything else I'm doing is like tied up under so many NDAs. I couldn't even hint at it. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. That's awesome. But I appreciate the it's question. It's protected by the blockchain. It's very fun. It's very non-fungible. <laughs> what he's working on right now. <laughs> You're not going to let that go. Let's just, yeah. No. It's, come on. Let's, no. let's just say NCIS, uh, the creators of NCIS would not be very happy. And what I mean by that is CBS. I'm, I'm not working on NCIS. Sorry, that was a joke that didn't <laughs> I was like, well. ooh, We're just going a comic with book about letter- NCIS. You know, the NCIS yeah, blockchain to NFTs? <laughs> yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. They're lovely. <laughs> three lo- there's only three letters allowed. CBS, NFT. Coincidence, Katie? We're getting to the bottom of this. Just um. keep digging. He'll break. Jason will break. Jason will break. Okay, let's take a look at this Dan Jurgens cover. He'll break. I promise oh, you he'll hey. break. I'm kidding, Jason. I'm not showing you no Dan Jurgens. You promise it to another, and it's okay. Um, well, Geekscape, you can go take a look at it. In like 10 hours. Yeah. So. yeah. What you got to do is go over to that website. Go ahead and uh, go to show, uh, superbestfriendcomic.com, and you can find the uh, whole Kickstarter thing. Um, at least you can get alerts. Go to that co- website, sign up for alerts, and then in 10 hours when the campaign goes live, you can um, take a look at everything and, I, and see and, all the incentives. And I should say, I just want to point out to everybody, I know a lot of people out there are like, well, this is the second one, but I haven't read the first one. Just like Silver Age Comics, if you read the second one, I have a thing that tells you the entire story before you ever get there. But also, for anybody coming around, the $5 tier is issue one. Perfect. So you and can catch up it. real quick. And so many, so many of these Kickstarters, that $5 is just for a single issue. You go towards the second issue, and I'm guessing you get the first one, right? Like, you get the first issue, mm-hmm. even if it's a, as a PDF for $5, and then you get the second issue when that comes out. Yeah. So for $5, you get both. Is that what? Is that correct? Not technically. No, for 10 you get okay. both. I'm sorry. For 10 you get I've both. Got okay, to, so I have Geekscape to pay my artist a living wage, Jonathan. Okay. <laughs> That's, fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. We all understand that. And, and Geekscape, you want to you help the indie creators um, because we just... Yeah. Well, know, I, I, I always... There's no danger that he's going to bring back the century. That's right. I will not bring back the century. I might bring back uh, the terrific tree. Ooh. Oh, something like, like that. Uh, or the voidish terrific century. You're working but, on that NDA, sure. dog. Yeah, you're, you're actually working on a season. season. I am, I am. But, uh, you know, no, I'm animating uh, it. I will say, like, I have this actually in block letters on most Kickstarter campaigns I've ever done, especially the comic book ones, where I say independent comic books not made by the big two companies, Marvel and DC, are labors of love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because no one makes money in comic books. And if you think somebody makes money in comic books, you're I don't know who sold you this beachside property in Arizona. <laughs> uh, I'm going to use that phrase from now yep. on. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, no that, that was Lex Luthor's plot was to sell you beachfront pro- property in Arizona. It was, that was the plot California of out the coast. One. Yep. That's what he did. Yep. Uh, that is what he did. Okay. Uh, speaking of, you know, characters showing up and other stuff. Let's just close by, uh, can we do, I don't know if you're even watching this show, Jason, but can we, can we actually have this conversation about the last episode of book of Boba Fett, which is really just an episode of the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. I have seen it. Did you know about this? Okay. Um, so that 
Boba Fett episode. You mean Man- um, you mean Mandalorian three point one? <laughs> yeah. This, you know, I I love the Mandalorian, and I'm very forgiving of the Boba Fett thing because I wanted. I here's the thing: the Mandalorian season one and two that was your Boba Fett show. He is not saying a whole lot. He's bounty hunting. He's doing all the things you wanted Boba Fett to do, but Mandalorian's doing them. So you really want the same thing in your Boba Fett show? I totally forgive Boba Fett for being very different than the Mandalorian and being like, hey, I'm going to do gang management or whatever he's doing in the Boba Fett. And he's talking. And Tamir Morrison was like on record as saying he was trying to cut dialogue when like John Favreau was on a trip and not on set. He was like, I'm going to try and limit his dialogue a little bit more to push him closer to what the character was. Whatever you think of the book of Boba Fett, it's... A Boba Fett series and Disney owns it. It's Star Wars. It's canon. You're going to have to live with that. But we got a reprieve from it for that one episode, episode five, where it was, yeah, it was basically a Mandalorian episode. Um, did y'all enjoy this little Mandalorian, you know, jaunt? <laughs> Jason's staying silent. Oh no, no! I think we're all. I was. Silent. I was going to let Katie go first. Thank, thank you. That's very kind of you. Um, <laughs> I just don't. I enjoyed the reprieve um, from certain elements of Boba. Uh, I did not like some of the return of some of my not as favorite parts of Mandalorian. Um, I will say this: I am the biggest Amy Sedaris fan outside of the star Wars universe. Agreed. Uh, it's just, I, she's so funny. She's so amazing. She's so brilliant. And they put her in a Jerry curl and threw her in the middle of, middle of Tatooine. And I'm just, I'm just not understanding how, how I can get to be best friends with John Favreau. So I can just be in the star Wars universe. <laughs> I think I, I mean, the, the Tatooine stuff is wearing on me. And I know that yeah. Tatooine is going to be a setting, at least in some of Obi-Wan. And I know that it's definitely in the sequel trilogy, which takes place after this. So we're going to see ta- Tatooine later. I just feel like I would we're just using really love, Tatooine so much. I would, and I thought this was a problem with the with the prequels. I would just love for the shot of Tatooine exploding into a zillion pieces. <laughs> so the Star Wars writers have to literally set their stories anywhere, anywhere else. else. When I saw... Book of Boba Fett is promised. I wanted to see things like Narshada, the Smuggler's mm-hmm. Moon, and places like that where Boba Fett would hang out and get bounties. Maybe we'll see that in Mando. We definitely saw a cool Ring World that was reminiscent of Halo in the Ring World series. We saw that. That was cool. And I thought that the locations of the Mando sequences in this episode were really cool. And I thought the fight sequences were cool. And you get Mandalorian lore. But this still kind of felt like a Marvel cutscene that was 40 minutes long. Like one of those post-credit scenes where it's like, Hey, look, we're going to use this to expand the universe, but say what you will about the story we were actually getting in the Boba Fett series. This took it to a screeching halt and we just want to get to Boba Fett riding a Rancor. Like, can you just get us to the part where Boba Fett rides a Rancor? Please. If we get to seven episodes and we don't get Boba Fett riding or riding, like riding a Rancor, I think we're all going to be upset. But if you just give us Boba Fett riding a Rancor by episode seven, we will all will be forgiven. Please. I promise you that's, that's all you got to do. Episode seven, if Boba Fett rides that damn Rancor, all is forgiven. You heard it here first. The nerds will be so happy. We'll see. Do you disagree? I feel like they've got a lot of work ahead of them. They are basically doing two seasons, now 2.5 seasons uh, in one with two different storylines, which I think is a really cool structured choice. Um, 
there's a there's a lot that I'm not vibing with uh, very well, <laughs> and I, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to find the joy in a lot of these. Um, I just felt like, especially with this episode, there was a lot of walking, um, mm-hmm. and I thought it was cool, sort of like the underbelly of this whole world. Um, but then it was just like, I know exactly where to go to find where to get Mandalore and Beskar gear <laughs> because we went through every turn of every alley. <laughs> and I was like, I like, I, I, I don't mind the, the slow Western elements that were familiar with Mando. I don't mind living in that. It's patient. It's silent. It's fun. I don't, I'm not complaining too much about the Boba Fett series. I think it's, it is what they're designing. And you know what? You don't like it. Go find your Boba Fett series somewhere else. You're not going to get it. So you better like your Boba Fett because this is all you're going to get. <laughs> you know, Jason, Jason what do you think? Yeah. Well, I, see, I'm liking Boba Fett so far because I'm liking that John Favreau and Robert Rodriguez have taken the quote unquote most badass character in the entire Star Wars universe and decided to tell a story about trauma, mm. which I think is very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, I agree with you about the Tatooine thing. And I wonder, and Jonathan, I'd love to hear your perspective on this as well, because I wonder if we are seeing the problems of production catch up to Star Wars because they mm. built this entire deserty set for Mandalorian. Now they, it was a different, it was on a different planet. I don't think it was Tatooine, but they literally had that sitting around. So I think as soon as they built that set, Boba Fett was not going to be set anywhere else but Tatooine because they had the set already built. But, but, they, but you still have the digital screen. Yeah, you, you know, the dome. That, that but they only have one digital screen. So both shows have to share using it. it. And maybe they were using or it for Andor. Obi-Wan maybe has to share it. it. So we have three Obi-Wan. shows mm. shooting at the some same of, time. A lot of Some of Obi-Wan was shot in Boston. So we know that they're using practical yeah. locations as well. Um, and there is a freeze frame that you can watch online where you see some of the wood behind some of the sets for this Tatooine location. Yeah. That that I don't I think that just from a story element, you can have a desert planet. Just don't make it Tatooine. They clearly did that in episode se- uh, what seven. It was mm-hmm. a, a desert planet as a location. Race planet, yeah. It, yeah, I just think that uh, let's have ourselves a I little bit of you. a story variation. Like, mm-hmm. let's not have the same X-wing pilots show up. This expansive right. that, universe that was, no longer mm-hmm. feels expansive. Yeah, and they're both directors too, right? Or at least one of them. I think well, one back. was uh, Paul from uh, Kim's Convenience. Yeah, oh, and nice. the other guy, yeah. w- and the other actor that we saw this episode, he was uh, he was the person who stood in for, for Mark Hamill. Yeah, when, on well, the, the here, Mandalorian okay. final episode, but it, it just as a story, let's get new characters, let's get new locations, let's really make the Star Wars universe feel like this expansive. Anything can happen at any time. Exciting thing, which was what we saw in Mando seasons one and. Season two was uh, this not this non collapse of the universe, but this expansion of the universe, and we were in love with it. Uh, here, I do like the smaller story with Boba Fett. I do like that they're skirting expectations. I am excited to see Boba Fett write a rancor. You got to do it. I'm sorry, you wrote it. You got to do it. It's it's it is the Chekhov's really gun want. of this series. It is the Chekhov's <laughs> gun. You love. It. We're gonna mm-hmm. have him write a well, rancor. They also, if you don't, they also loaded the Chekhov's gun of um, tiny chainmail for Grogu, which I have to see now. But I think we're gonna see that in Mando. Yeah. Right. Well, see, here's, see the here's, the, here's the statement I was going to say about the Mando. I, I actually enjoyed this episode. And if 
if Mandalorian Mando is in the rest of the season of Boba Fett, and there's a good chance that he might be. Yes. Sure. He's going to be defending yeah. the castle yep. or doing and whatever. He's there he's for four more episodes. People. Then, yes. then I have no problem with this episode. But if he's only in one more episode, he sort of helps Boba Fett, and then he's like, bye-bye, then I have a problem with this episode. Mm. Yeah. But if he's yeah. if he's there till the finale, like helping Boba Fett, like Boba Fett helped him last season, put a saddle on the Rancor. Yeah, <laughs> maybe if it's Mando made a best holds the rank, Maybe yeah, it's made a best Yeah, yeah. If we have like baby uh, Grogu show up and be like, "Yo, chill, Rancor. Let us put a saddle on you." And the whole episode is just them trying to put a saddle on a Rancor. That's good enough for me. I would actually be down for that. That's good enough for can me. Can I pitch I'm a down. Can I pitch a fan theory to you guys? Always. Yeah, of Always. course. Let's do it. Okay, so you know how in this episode they had a lot of problems with Mando saying the dark saber was heavy. Yes. Yes. Well, we have a foundling Mandalorian Yoda. He's a Jedi. Yeah. He, he can help. The dark saber is his, right? Like that's, that's where I'm seeing sure. this going. Well, but, oh, but he can't give it to him. No, well, Grogu has, finale, Grogu, finale, can't give finale Grogu has to show. fight it out. Well, I think I, I think that all that Grogu stuff is going to be over in Mando. Mm-hmm. We're going to enjoy it. We're going to not have not here. a Boba Fett, but I'm saying like a Vandalorian. Like I, right. I think that's where they're going with right. this. That's, I, sure. I like and the idea of that. Um, mm-hmm. it, 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 and it makes sense to bring him in for a full episode without seeing Boba the entire time. If that's kind of the direction they're moving towards. And Mando really cool. has a job now. Mando yeah. has to go to these sunken caverns and do his deal. And he's got to figure out this whole thing and resuscitate all this whatever. I'm down. I, I like I like characters. Who, we know what they're going to do. And that's a great plot for Mandalorian season three here. Let's just see Boba Fett with his dark Kazakhstan. Nope, that's not how you say <laughs> I it. I know that's not how you say it. <laughs> and let's see him with everybody just going kick some ass. And let's never see Tatooine again. <laughs> I'm down for until it. Until Obi-Wan. And then we're good. I mean, honestly... Oh, Matt Kelly's got a brand new podcast on the network. There's the siren. You folks hear it. Matt Kelly's just working around the clock getting us those uh, podcast episodes. Fantastic, Matt. How Good many work. steaks did he order at the Spaghetti Factory? <laughs> About 14. 14 <laughs> steaks? And he ate like <laughs> wow. two and then and just he... like dumped the rest. Oh, okay. Can I get this one to go? Yeah. And uh, do you want a podcast on the network? Yeah. Um, so we we got this Mandalorian thing. Um, the insults in the Bo chat, by the way, up. are just are next level boring. What's going on here? <laughs> well, that is now the boomer alert. Okay. That's the best you could do. Okay. But T makes jokes, but the second I'm like, hey, you're right, Bolt T, I'm done. A little too old to do Geekscape. Bolt T's going to be like, wait, what? Can I have my Geekscape back? Can I have my free content back? (laughs) I hope Jonathan only orders olives when he goes to Olive Garden. That's not a defense. That's not a defense, Matt. That's not a defense. You're going to assault our friends. It's just like, have better material. I would say that, but listen. Don't question it. Bolte's not the guy with the show. We're the guy with the show. We're oh. supposed to have the material. Okay. Bolte's just supposed to do the easy work of like getting sloganisms going. That's oh, it. okay. Got it. That's what we're talking. Got it. He like, he's like, no, no, no. I don't like that. Uh, I, 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 he, I just have to be obstructive. I don't have to make anything. I don't have to don't hate create. I just have to hate. <laughs> um, okay. Let's wrap this up. We got the Boba Fett thing down. I think we all know what to expect for the next two episodes i think that's all we have left I hope so yeah i hope two more I hope episodes he's way more is it only two than... more that that makes yes, sense i think then this was a seven i think this was a seven episode order i'm gonna google that real this. quick you can you please google that for <laughs> us if it's eight then 
we're going to see some more sand. Uh, but honestly, this was feeling like the Star Wars universe, as I described it, feels like you have a glitzy travel show, but you every episode has to involve Bakersfield somehow. <laughs> it's just like, oh, yeah, back in Bakersfield. No, no, I don't want to see Bakersfield again. Do, How many I episodes are we getting on about Boba Fett? I'm, I'm still trying to find that answer. <laughs> it's not clear. Nobody has a clear answer on this. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. Um, for the Dark Saber, and I don't know the lore as well um, because I didn't watch the. Um, the it's the seven. Rebels? Sorry, seven episodes. Rebels. It is seven. Yeah, yeah I, thought I didn't, it was seven. See, yep. I didn't yep. see all of Rebels. How dare you doubt me? <laughs> but um, the Dark Saber, it gets it gets heavy for Mando, and then also for John Favreau, the transitive property of the weight is that they're fighting against this thing. But uh, the Beskar um, steel worker, she was, could just like flip it around. And the she's armorer. Like, the armorer, th- thank you. Uh, yeah. Could just flip it around and like do whatever. And then she passes it off, back off to Mando. And it's like, oh, this is, you know, Mjolnir. Uh, I, think there, I think there are judo aspects to gotcha. the nature of the, the metal, right? Like with judo, you always have to work with inertia mm-hmm. and you kind of like flow to flip your opponent and get you know uh yeah to to get to get an advantage on them and i think the she always says like the armor was saying fight with the sword like work with the sword and the sword wants to be treated a certain way yeah right it's not a dull object it's not a blunt force object right it's, which is how they're, a, they were a, both dealing with it i was just wondering what, if it right. was like it got i think it's a dance. For him what, what i also what it. i always understood from and again there is no great explanation to this katie it's kind of like Here. whatever the force um, <laughs> Chlorians. from what I understood from what they taught us in Rebels about it was that kind of like being a Jedi if you are like in tune with yourself and you know yourself mm. Dark Saber is like easy peasy no problem but if you have like conflict and you, you're you like uh, I don't know if I'm, what I'm going to have for breakfast today it's like 55 pounds gotcha okay so, so I, I, I took that as is that oh this is the conflicted nature of Mando is like, do yeah, I really want to be with these Mandalorian crazies? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. yeah, do I want to give into the cult or do I want to just go and protect the kid? Or do I want to go hang with cool Uncle Boba and his Rancor? <laughs> hey, let's go build a ship. Let's build a ship for twenty minutes of an episode. Let's build a ship. I, I can't. I thought that was. A, I thought that was an advertisement for like the Lego Star Wars game. I, I was like, I, I think it was, it was an advertisement. I thought it was going to be like, oh, we've got a new toy exclusive I, uh, to the Boba Fett series. I thought it was an advertisement for somebody finding an old warehouse of Episode One toys and being like, can y'all put this in the show? We got to move these. <laughs> like, ugh. we need a bunch of these but, yellow ships. I mean, silver and resell them (laughs) these i mean these wouldn't wake these wouldn't make a lot of sense for uh you know bounty hunter to be transporting any bounties in but sure maybe he's maybe like i want to there's no room i want to see it it, it didn't make it did not make story sense no but maybe they will maybe they're going to open up here here we is what we got and you heard it here first geekscape is fan theory number one or two open on mandalorian season three and he got this ship it's so fast right he pushes a little button it goes zippity zip but 
it's got like a bunch of tethers to it and he's just got a bunch of like frozen bodies hanging out in the back and he's just dragging them through space oh, you know or maybe he's got them tied to the ship and it looks basically like the griswolds in vacation and he's just got a bunch of stuff strapped to the ship and he's just traveling around the spaceways being like got to deliver me some bounties oh and i can't wait i gotta go deliver. real fast <laughs> can't deliver them warm anymore can't promise that I can bring you in only cold because you're going to write on the outside. Right. How about that? And that's my, that is my fan theory. And I think he's also the one that drives by your house during podcasts. They're like, Matt Kelly, can we get the Mandalorian a podcast episode? (laughs) Any chance? Uh, I will, uh, I will contribute um, 70,000 geek coins, geekscape (laughs) coins to that production. Okay. Let's do that. Let's do that. Um, I'll fund it, Matt Kelly. Fantastic. Uh, you know, just to prove I'm not waxing poetic and making up garbage about being number three in Russia, we actually have a Russian fan right here. He says something. All right, that is. I think, just, I think that's just Russian spam. That came I think through. this and, is now, uh, this this Russia live stream is now going to be hacked. We're going to get toilet. Those are the only two things I know in Russian anymore. Uh, and Matt Kelly says, "Oh, cool. The Russian listeners are in the comments. I wonder if they want a podcast." <laughs> All right, Keyscapeus. That is it from uh geekscape for the week uh bolty's laughing he says lmao i love that the young kids can still type lmao from this boomer to the fans thank you for helping us with that lingo um <laughs> all right let's wrap it up so we can all go to dinner and jason can go back to prepping his kickstarter uh and donating exclusives to his other friends all right no, no, fuck. I'm joking, Jason. We got you. You are the exclusive. You are our non-fungible Hey, okay? when this podcast is live, I'm fucking with you. It, you'll be able to see it. I got to get some press, I'm Jonathan. With you, dude. Heck yeah. I'm with Do you, you. want to show the other cover? Uh, I'll love you. Do you want to show the other cover? No, dude. You want to show the other cover? No. You can show the other cover. That's yeah, too much work. It's, it's too much work, Jason. Uh, yeah, I think you should bring up it's Matt Kelly's uh, uh, recent uh, recent uh, comment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he goes, Jason, you ever lose donators because of a podcast appearance before? <laughs> uh, Matt, they're donors. Matt? They're donors. Uh, but uh, yeah, Matt. Matt, look at me in the eyes. You're- yes. <laughs> also, I Thank want God. the Terminator donor. <laughs> I think I've lost everybody in Russia. Oh, man. <laughs> I went, remember, I went to Crimea and did comedy two summers ago three summers ago so they love me in the russia well the ukraine i'd love to visit i'd love I don't to know visit. what crimea is anymore, but crimea is kind of in in flux right well now, you've definitely lost them now they did love me yeah uh all right geekscapers that's it what we want you to do is go to the kickstarter it's the final time i'm going to tell you right now super best friend comic.com if you're listening to this just go over there Either go visit the Kickstarter or maybe it's not live yet and you're just going to get a little notice. Okay. Sign up for that notification. Get on the mailing list for that one. Uh, and also, you're going to share your friend, you're going to share this with your friends and be like, hey, you like NFTs? Now you like Geekscape. Share it with your friends <laughs> and tell them that we are very fungible and uh, we're free. So just share us and fall over. Uh, you can follow Jason on Twitter at. That's at Jawin, J A W I I N. And uh, you can come over and listen to our podcast, Geek History Lesson, which Jonathan has been a guest on uh, several times where we teach you about yes, geeky characters. Love yes, it. yes, I have. Yes, I have. Uh, Katie is L Sassy Pants. E-L Sassy with Pants. Yeah, yeah, with an S on the end, unless it's either uh, TikTok or I think Fortnite. I think I just realized that I never got the S on my Fortnite character. But Z, uh, it might be L Sassy Pants with a Z. <laughs> I didn't get kicked okay. off of Fortnite. It's fine. <laughs>
All right. Yeah. Well, uh, you can find me on all the boomer tubes. It's at Jonathan London or at Geekscape. Just search for Geekscape. Subscribe to all our shows. Make sure Matt Kelly still has a roof over his head. Subscribe to the podcast on uh, whatever podcatcher you want. Leave us those five star reviews and be like, hey, this boomer knows what he's saying. All right. <laughs> like one year away. from I was literally one year away from becoming a millennial. I am a Gen X <laughs> and I'm proud of it because I'm not even supposed to be at work today. All right. Geekscape. That's all we have for you. We Is that a reference you. from Dallas? That was a reference from Clerks. Okay. Not Slanding. Not Slanding. No, don't start with me. Oh. Don't just start with me, Inman. <laughs> don't start with me, Inman. I've got your fungibility. Back right when here. I was no. watching the Bob Hope mm. show. No, talk, okay, that's enough of this. <laughs> New heart. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go tank the economy. <laughs> Bye everybody. Peace. Bye. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.